Hi, guys, and welcome back to All Sports Focus. We are here with Andy. Say what's up. What's up, boys? And we are here with a new special guest for this week, our dad. What's up, boys? The original UK fan. So as you can tell what school we're rooting for here, um, I am so original. I am so original. I am named after two Kentucky basketball players. So that's true. Yeah. Alex, Alex Groza and Cliff Hagen. Um, my dad bled blue. And my mom and dad went to a UK basketball game on their honeymoon night. So that's tells you how much we bleed blue. So. Yep. 100%. So we're going to do a little special edition episode today, getting away from the NFL offseason breakdown and uh, talk about UK and as they completed the regular season yesterday with a 88-79 win over Arkansas and uh, we'll start the SEC tournament this next week so gonna break that down. Um, First off either you guys got any just overlying thoughts uh, that you want to talk about with Kentucky before we get going? Uh, Obviously with the national player of the year uh, top 15 coming out I think if we want to be able to make a run in both the SEC tournament and March Madness, we're obviously going to need our best player to be playing his best basketball, and that's mm-hmm. Oscar Shibwe. Yeah. I think everybody, every Kentucky fan knows that. Uh, it's not going to be very many games you're going to be able to win if Oscar isn't rebounding the ball or scoring points. So, yeah, need him to play the best basketball. I mean, he, what was he the SEC player of the week the other week? So, I mean, I think so. If he keeps dominating, and we'll get into that with the most likely the Vanderbilt game in the tournament. But, um, yeah, I think just Oscar Shibwe. I, I like that. I mean, Oscar's got to stay out of foul trouble. That's And everybody's going to hunt and try to get him into foul trouble to get him off the court. But, I mean, he is a key. Uh, the guy I'm loving the most right now is Reeves. I mean, you yeah. know, that dominating performance at Arkansas and putting up 37 points was – was pretty amazing but as the boys know as i've watched every game um you know he he he's carrying a heavy load for this team he he had one bad game uh that i've seen and then all the other times he has he he makes the shots when we are desperately needing one and so he's my man yeah i mean he was definitely he was huge and i think that was his seventh or eighth 20 point game this season um and was like that broke the record as 37 point game for most for a true road game for the calipari era so pretty crazy to think about like the the talent that's flown through kentucky uh here with the calipari era but i think my big key is jacob toppin uh i mean he had two dagger threes against arkansas when they started making their run and closed it within five and then closed it within six so he i think is been the most like up and down player throughout the season mm-hmm. as far as like some games he may have two points and three rebounds and other games he may have 15 20 points and eight nine ten rebounds and so I think his consistency at the power forward is going to be the biggest key um, and his even ball handling help because I mean hell he was playing point guard for probably yeah. about half the Arkansas game at six nine so yeah. okay so who called that your sister, who is at UK, told me before the game started, she goes, Dad, we need to go big in this game. And she goes, put the big boys out on the court. Let's go big. Let's just get the mismatch. She goes, put top in a point guard. And I'm like, that's my daughter right there. That was yeah. cute basketball. So, and who has attended all the home games. And so she's having the time of her life down there. So, Yeah. 
And but the one I mean, other thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Toppin has also been the big leadership guy. Like, he's kind of a de facto captain, I think, for this team. And he even said in their post game interview that he told Oscar, like you said, Andy, he's like, everybody's going to be trying to get in your head. Everybody's going to be trying to get you to, to get a flagrant call and get ejected. And uh, so he's like, you have to just let it go because. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely the leadership piece, too, I think. And my just last big thing is just the defense as a whole. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. that's the thing for every team. But when the offense is going to be able to consistently put up points, I mean, when you have Reeves, Toppin, Oscar, Chris, and then especially when Kaysom Wallace is playing. And I mean, CJ when he gets healthy. Yeah, I think it's just the defense is because you're going to – you're always going to be sold. You're going to be locked down when you got Case and Wallace guarding their point guard. I mean, he's not going to be able to do anything. It's just going to be – I think Oscar's really stepped up big in the pick-and-roll mm-hmm. defense ever since that Kansas game. Yeah, he learned. Um, yeah, he learned. And I think if they continue to do that and keep playing well on defense and they do the very bare minimum on offense, I think they should be fine. So we got to throw one more – got to throw one more in here for, for your sister, her boy Lance Ware. <laughs> I mean, he is a character and a half. We we all love him to death. We're always screaming for minutes for him. I hate it when Cal Perry pulls him early and, and doesn't give him a chance. I mean, the boy's going to screw up. We just know that. But, I mean, he brings so much energy to the court. He, I think he lightens up the atmosphere for the guys and takes the tension out of the air because he's just such a character. But the boy can play. I mean, he if you give yeah. him a chance to get into flow, he, he does it. And, uh I know your sister's a, a huge fan, so he he's always good for at least one or two like put back dunks or a put back layup or yep. just crashing the boards because he's such a different player than Oscar. Yeah, like Oscar is going to go down there and he's going to box you out. He's going to fight. He's going to use his size to really plow you out of the way. Yeah. And Lance is slippery. He's going to come flying in, elevate up over you. Yeah, and get a, a easy layup or a kind of energy basket that way. Well, what and he brings a, is some additional fouls, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. brings some additional fouls. So if you're up against a big boy on the other team, Lance is the only really other big man we got. And so, um, you know, the other um, I'm just blanking on his name, the tall Ghana. Well, and the other one, the Thelgana. Thelgana. Collins. Yeah, they just they just don't have enough meat on their bones to to you know to get in there and bang with some of these SEC teams that got mm-hmm. some big strong boys. So Lance gives you you know four or five more fouls to get in there and uh, um, just create some havoc and and take the pressure off of Oscar. Sometimes a technical or two as well. Well, that's fun. Yeah, but that's fun. So yeah. Yeah, I I think they're all going to be big keys and kind of rolling right into the SEC tournament as we've been talking. Kentucky did earn the three seed, so they got the double bye, so we won't play until Friday. Uh, So it's going to open with uh, number 11, Georgia, and number 14, LSU, who it's kind of a battle of bad teams there. Both have really struggled below five. Georgia beat Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a bad stretch, but – well, so those two yeah, and we know what happened with Vandy, right? So you sometimes you let your guard down and just the, the standard. But, yeah, I'm always good news with Vandy is uh, their stud. I can't think of his name. Oh, Robin. So I was trying to figure out his name. Uh, is out for the rest of the season with a leg fracture. Mm. So yeah, he did that against Kentucky, I think. And mm-hmm. so LSU and Georgia, and then on the other side, it's Ole Miss and South Carolina um, on Wednesday. 
And then Thursday, the winner of LSU and Georgia will play Vanderbilt. Uh, we'll have Auburn and Arkansas, Tennessee with the winner of South Carolina and Ole Miss, and then Mississippi State and Florida up in the top of the bracket. And then we will play the winner of that Vandy versus the winner of Georgia LSU game, which I think looking at it now, I would say that that's 99% certain going to be Vanderbilt just with the way they're playing. Yeah. Uh, if they get on from the outside, if they get on from the outside, now they don't have that big that big stud of theirs. It it could change the whole thing. But um, I, I'd like a rematch. I'd like to settle yeah. that. I was, as you boys know, your dad got pretty pretty loud and boisterous on that Vanderbilt game. Was not happy with the effort, and uh, um, I, I want I want some redemption on that one. So just total polar opposite from the first game where we basically ran Vanderbilt off the three-point line and forced them to try to go inside. Right. Kind of like the opposite of how we played against Arkansas. Where Arkansas, we sat inside the arc, and we just said, shoot it, we dare you. And at Vanderbilt, we ran them off the three-point line and forced them to drive, and that's not their game, uh, like you said, Dad. So it's they're hot or cold. If they're on from three, then they're scoring at will. But if they're not, then they get run out of the freaking building most mm-hmm. of the time. It's shutting down their two guards. It's right, and then the other one. Those are their only two real true mm-hmm. scorers. And I think with Cason Walls is 100% going to be back for the SEC tournament. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be able to shut down one of those guys, and then it's just going to rely on Reeves, who always plays decent enough defense, and it's going to come down to him and probably Chris guarding yep. those two guys. So, I mean, it's it's all it's going to come down to it's going to come down to the defense end because. I mean, on offense, when you got Reeves and Toppin and Wallace and Oscar, all of them putting up points, it's just going to be shutting down their defense. So, I mean, shutting down their offense. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be running them off the line for sure, and mm-hmm. getting Casein back because he was out for the event, the senior night game, correct? Who? Casein was? No, he wasn't. He got hurt at the end, he like got the last hurt five in. minutes. Where does CJ come in? Does he come in as a three or a two when he comes two, in? He usually comes in as a two. Because, see, that's the one thing, CJ, you know, his shot hasn't been as great as it, you know, had been, um, you know, in the past. But the boy has really been playing some lockdown defense. And I think yeah. he come in. Again, it's like the Lance Ware scenario comes in and gives you five good fouls, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he can't breathe right now. I know how bad a rib injury is, but uh, if he gives you seven, eight minutes a period, you know, or half and gives you a good couple fouls, then that's that's going to be huge, too. Yeah, absolutely. And he's always one of those guys that he hasn't really scored much recently just because of the minute restriction. But he's always one that if he gets left out there at the three point line and squares one up, he's going to drill it. And uh, definitely a kind of energy guy where. You're going to bring the crowd into it after a big three from him. Yeah. So. Where is the SEC? Where is everything being played this year? Nashville. It's in Nashville. Okay. So, so basically. Blue, Blue will tra- travel well. Yeah. 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 So, except if we're going against Vanderbilt, it's going to be a fight for tickets. But, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Kentucky fans have already bought out the arena for that Friday oh. game. So. Oh, boy. Because we're the late game, too. It'll be at, like, 9 p.m. Okay. on Friday. So I'm sure that'll be – we'll have a good crowd there. And then if we uh, beat Vanderbilt there, then playing on 
Saturday against the winner of Texas A&M and then Auburn, Arkansas, which that one, I don't really know what to think because Auburn has been very, like they've taken Alabama to the buzzer both games. Like Then they got beat by 35 against Kentucky. And then Kentucky absolutely steamrolled them. And that's and the then, same with same with Arkansas. I mean, mm-hmm. they beat Kentucky by what eighteen or something like that in Rupp, so. and then lost to Kentucky yesterday. And then, I mean, they've beaten. I think they've beaten Tennessee. I mean, and Texas A and M beat Alabama. But I mean, little do we know, Alabama was playing for nothing yesterday. So who knows if they were actually playing all their guys' key minutes? But. That's an interesting but group Kentucky of three beat teams. Texas A&M in, in Lexington too. So that was also really that was earlier in the year though too. Both well, teams that was why grown. it's so surprising because yeah. Kentucky wasn't playing its best basketball at that mm-hmm. point, and we still beat A&M by I think ten or twelve. So, and that game it was all just Oscar inside. I mean, he was just I think that was his like thirty and twenty game mm-hmm. um, where he just dominated. So. That one's really, I think, going to be kind of a toss-up to see like who may. I, that'll just be whoever's playing the best of that day. Um, and then in the top half of the bracket, Alabama will play the winner of Mississippi State and Florida, which Florida is definitely trying to find its identity after uh, losing Colin Castleton a couple games ago. They're kind of big offense. Um, Mississippi so State's take- fighting for their life in the NCAA tournament. They're on the bubble. Yeah, so if Mississippi State gets a win there, then uh, it could definitely help them with the tournament. And I wouldn't be shocked if one of them came in because Alabama's been very like they either score in spurts or they don't score. And when I watched their game against South Carolina, where it went down into overtime, or mm-hmm. yeah, it did. I mean, they were basically it was Brandon Miller was their whole offense. I mean, you find one guy. You find one guy to be able to guard him, and yeah, that's all. So, so, and then, in the most shocking statistic I saw today, Tennessee at the five seed is favored to win the SEC tournament, which makes zero sense to me because without their starting point guard, without their yeah. starting point guard, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that makes zero sense to me. Plus, they've been steamrolled by basically all three of the top seeds of this of the tournament mm-hmm. really all four so and they're gonna they're gonna have to go through i believe it's missouri's the four seed they've got to go through missouri um and south Carolina's always a an upset alert there coming out of the first round so mm-hmm. does tennessee make it through we'll see then they meet missouri a team who's playing their best basketball right now um and then that would make our semifinals. Uh, if we're going off expectations, probably Kentucky versus A&M. And then do we take Missouri or do we say Tennessee in the, sem- in the uh, quarterfinals? Well, I can tell you I'll, I'll never take Tennessee anytime for anything, right? So no orange, yeah. no orange in my house no matter what. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll just choose the other side just for for that reason and, and sorry Todd and sorry Nissa, but you know um, two of our friends who are Tennessee mm-hmm. and sorry Mr. Matt um, who is uh, Andy's buddy here that's heading to Tennessee we, we won't take any orange in this house sorry <laughs> so that leaves Alabama Missouri in the semis and then Kentucky and A&M 
And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if Missouri got the win there. I wouldn't either, but it's hard to bet against Alabama when they're a top three team in the country. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not trying to sound biased or anything, but looking at it right now, I think Kentucky and Texas A&M will come down to a very couple possessions of a game. Yeah. So, I mean, my most realistic, will, it will I think Alabama will easily make it to the championship. So I think it's going to be Alabama versus Kentucky or Texas A&M because I don't see – either Kentucky or Texas A&M losing in the qu- in the quarterfinals. So Yeah, I don't either. Unless Arkansas plays out of their mind against Texas A&M and Auburn, so that's the only possible chance. So Yeah, Arkansas will really rely on their couple guards to score a lot and they'll just have to beat A&M's cuz A&M relies more on their interior presence, so it'll be a kind of a battle of guards versus front court. Um but then if we do say Kentucky versus Alabama, that's definitely a rematch that I've been looking forward to because Kentucky was not even close to playing the way they needed to play when we played Alabama our one time this season. And they paid the price and got basically run out of the building. Hasn't that been Kentucky's struggles when the opposing team has multiple big men or, you know, a, a big three, three, four, five? Um, where we, yes, we but I mean, it's out a- of a mismatch. Yeah, it's also showed, though, later in the year that Kentucky have been able to have three great rebounders in Toppin and Oscar and Chris. So, I mean, yeah. I think both, besides Oscar, the other two have kind of developed into good rebounders as well, so it's helped. Yeah, that's a, really, that's a really good point. Chris Livingston coming on as a rebounder because mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. I kind of remember him in the beginning of the season being more of a perimeter guy, wanting to take the threes, wanting to, you know, rain it down from the outside. But he's he's – He's, he's doing a great job attacking from the weak side to pick up boards that are coming off the other way. So that's a good point, Andy. I like that. I mean, you look at his stat line from the Arkansas game. He didn't score. He was 0 for 5 from the field, yet had, I think, 9 or 10 rebounds. And quite that's a few it. of them, you just see him skying up over everybody to rip them out of the air. So adding him in the mix there, at, I think he's 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, at the three-guard spot is going to be big for – Kind of combating either A&M or Alabama's front courts, um, and then mm-hmm. getting top and rebounding more. And yeah. Damian Collins can be a plug and play kind of. He's going to go in there and make a an energy play, a big alley oop or something. And he's springy, but like you said earlier, Dad definitely has his weight is kind of a limiting factor there. Right. Um, but I would definitely, if we play Alabama again, I'm would not be surprised to see Jacob Toppin on Brandon Miller, which I think would be a really a good matchup because we saw Toppin guarding um, Arkansas's point guard for most of the game uh, that they were playing here yesterday. So he's shown that he can maneuver with ball handlers. Yeah. I'm glad Andy reminded me of that because I kind of forgot that we are really, a, you know, we have a big three, four, five, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we actually could be a pretty tall at, at you know, at two if – you know, um, if the arrow comes in, I mean, he's a he's a pretty tall too. I mean, they try to play him at one. Six six, yeah. I don't think he has the ball skills to to handle the point, but he's he can elevate. So that's a that's a it's a good reminder. Yeah, I mean, if you go true like our biggest lineup, you could go Kaysen at six four, Adu Fierro at six six, Chris at six six or six seven, Jacob at six nine, Oscar at six nine. Uh, or even going Lance at 6'11", 
um, or if you really needed tall height, you got a Ghana true seven footer. So, yeah, but Livingston's vertical is pretty daggone high. So even though he's, both him and Jacob are, I think, yeah. in the mid forties, forty four, forty five inches. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you get a lot of advantage there, for sure. What's your vertical in it, Andy? Yeah, mine's <laughs> at least fifty. So <laughs> okay. I, I got those dudes beat. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got one big thing though to touch on uh, just as we're finishing up the SEC bracket. Um, mm-hmm. one of the main storylines lately has been the whole severe Wheeler absence with the whole ankle problem and this minor procedure he had. Um, as much as we hate on him, as a Kentucky fans hate on him, if we, I think me personally, if we want to make a deep run in March in the tournament, I think we're gonna need severe Wheeler back. Yeah. I think that change of pace he brings just with his speed, and yes, he makes some dumb de- dumb decisions on those like quick ends and transitions and stuff like that. But I think his just change of pace, being able to come in, it's don't get me wrong, Kaysen is fast, but Severe Wheeler is a whole different ball game of fast. Yeah, getting him running up the court, breaking presses, and that's when I think with the way Reeves is shooting the ball right now, get, getting him paired up with Wheeler, being able to break those presses and get guys mm-hmm. to collapse down and dish it out. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. He's not going to start over Case and Wallace, but I just think being able to where Case and Wallace won't have to play 40 of the 40 minutes every game or close think, to. Yeah, that's the key. Bring Being able to bring him in, again, especially when other teams are bringing in their bench guys, I just think that'll be huge. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, I agree with it, you, Andy. It, Severe's, you know, he is a, he's got a hyperdrive when he wants to blow through. You know, I always get frustrated if you're going to go that far, you got to finish, right? And, and you can't yeah. miss layups and, and you can't miss gimmies and bunnies when you get in there. But, uh, you know, he does bring you that gear. But um, it, uh, the key is giving Kaysen a breather, too, um, you know, and, and a change of pace. And so it mixes it up. So it throws the other team off. And, and mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you deal with that? And I think a big thing with Kaysen is just like you said, is being able to finish those. And I mean, he brings that ability for mid ranges like the stop and pops. And then even the ones where it showed in the Auburn game, there was that one clip of him just going straight to the hoop and just dunking it without even thinking, like, yeah, just a two-hand. Coast coast. I mean, it's just doing that consistently because there's not – you're not going to see – I would go the length and say he's, if not the best, a top three defending point guard in college basketball. Mm. And I mean, you're not going to face anybody that can is going to be able to guard you as well as he guards other point guards. So, I mean, going out and – just having that at your guard play, I, I think, is just going to play a huge... Because then that also opens up the other guys to score points as well, because it's right. going to attract... And it's going to leave other people open if teams want to be dumb and double-team Oscar Shibway. I mean, go right ahead. We'll pass the ball out to our four other guys that can score points just as good. So, yeah. I yeah. I don't, I, it's just... Yeah. If when Kentucky's on, they're on. I mean, just you can say that about any team, but I think it showed just with the Auburn game, with the Tennessee, both Tennessee games. I mean, when they come to play, they come to play. And just hopefully it's not. I mean, if you take out the Vanderbilt game, which I think had a lot to do with the senior night festivities, if you take that out, it was, I think, a six game winning streak where we were outscoring opponents by at least 12 points Mm -hmm. in every game. Offensive efficiency was ranked in the top 10 in the country. Defensive was top 30 in the country. And we were all the way up in the net rankings, like 20 or 21, I think. Um, so, so why, 
why so low in the rankings if if we're beating some high ranked teams? I didn't really get that. Um, you know, I'm not a big rankings fan. You know that. Um, you guys have heard me for years, not getting sold on the rankings, but I don't understand some of these teams that are ranked above them. You know, I think Kentucky saved their top 25 ranking though the win yesterday at Arkansas. I mean, I could very. I mean, I, I think the ranking it's dumb because you get teams like Gonzaga who plays nobody, like their only ranked game and all of their conference schedule has been St. Mary's, yeah, who is somehow also ranked. And you get a lot of these teams that they and don't like or, in Houston in the American Houston. Athletic Conference. Like they're close. They UConn. beat Memphis by two points today. Yeah. UConn's. I mean, they're in the Big East. The Big East is actually pretty good this year. So I mean, that's different. So yeah. I just American Athletic Conference with like Memphis and I, don't even, I can't even name another team. Cincinnati. Yeah. UCF. Like uh, that's a joke. I mean. Like I just said, I think Kentucky saved their ranking beating Arkansas. I could very well just see them staying put at 23. But, I mean, 22 lost. Um, there was, I think, six or seven ranked teams lost yesterday. Yeah, it would just be hard for them to move up after losing to an unranked Vanderbilt team. But, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I totally agree on the, on the Gonzaga thing. Um yeah, I've never understood that. And can I can I claim my copyright now that I'm changing the I hate Christian Leitner shirt to I hate Drew Timmy? So <laughs> yeah, that's my copyright. Nobody can steal that. I'm I'm making that shirt. Um, Kentucky definitely yeah. should have beat them earlier yeah. in the year. Well, that's when they struggled with the big man thing, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the early on in the season, they could not they could and not Oscar was a dominant still... big man. Oscar was still recovering. They hadn't really practiced with each other on the pick and roll things. Right. It was tough. Like, even the announcers have said that. Like, Kentucky hit that spot where, I mean, Oscar's coming back from a month of basically doing no basketball activities. Yeah. And not practicing. And then coming back, and they're trying to, like, find the way defensively as well as offensively. Like, it's – practices play a big part into college teams just as much as they play a part in the, like, high school teams. So, I mean – it's, it's and a the conditioning aspect, too. I mean, college yeah. basketball, you're running a ton, and you're constantly moving and active. And if you've been sitting around for a month after surgery, you're not going to be in the shape that you need to be to play. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't think there's really a clear cut. Even as we move into the NCAA tournament, I don't think there's a clear cut like favorite because a lot of people were saying, oh, Kansas is going to be – like is going to be the favorite, and then they get beat by Texas. Yeah. And in all honesty, like talking about bracket stuff, I like where Kentucky sits right now in that six, mm-hmm. that six spot because yeah. you'll get to play. Most likely, it'll be an eleven seed that has to play a play-in game. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they would have already played a game, and then it'll be like a team like I don't know, like a Wisconsin or a USC, like a team like that, where they'll be able to outmatch them. And then they'll get to play like a three seed or something like that in the next round. But I mean, yeah. you could also see on the flip side, they let's say they win the SEC, that could bump them all the way up to a three seed. Like they could be on the flip side and have a, even a better route. Yeah. The only bad thing yeah. is, though, I don't want them in that five spot because that's where the most upsets happen. Is that five <laughs> versus twelve game? That's good. Because yeah. you because you get yeah. those you get those conference tournament champions 
and like small conferences like the Ohio Valley and t- like conferences like that where there's one just absolute powerhouse team that like I heard something watching the Drake game like all their starters are like 24 years old and older like you're gonna run into teams like that and I mean I hate to bring this game up but like the St. Peter's game St. Peter's game last year I mean they went they went to the Elite Eight. Like it wasn't just like they beat Kentucky and lost. I mean they also and went their average they beat age Purdue. was like twenty four point eight or something, yeah. I think. Like they also beat Purdue. They beat uh who who was the next one? I can't think of who was the next game, but still. I, I mean Yeah. It's I've never I've never been a fan of the, the one and two seed. I mean, yeah, it's great to be a one or two seed and you're supposed to win that, you know, that that side of the bracket. Mm-hmm. But boy, it puts a lot of pressure on you. It, it yeah. just it just brings the whole spotlight and everything down on your head hard. And uh, I'd rather be I I like you know staying out of five, of course. But I like that that mid because then you know you've got no pressure. You should you know you really should match up well and and come out in the first few rounds. And then it really just comes down to who's the better teams at the end. But I mean, look, take, take the front pressure off. Kentucky made it the final four as an eight seed. Yeah. Couple yeah. with like Julius Randle and all those guys against UConn, yeah, who was a not, who was a nine seed. They eventually they, they, lost, they lost. They made it to the national championship. Sorry, not even the final four, and they lost. Yeah. But you're, you're mean, right. Se- seedings don't win games, right? I mean, no, the no. seeding just because you're a higher seed doesn't mean you win the game. It's it still comes down to playing the game and still being the better team. But take the front end pressure off. Don't walk into it with all that spotlight on your head, and you're going to play a little freer. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing I'll be absolutely ecstatic about is if they get put in because most likely the four the, the one seeds are going to be Purdue, Kansas, Houston, Houston. I think, and it's either going to be like Alabama or UCLA or a team like that. Like I mean, someone like that. And I mean, if you get put, as long as you don't get put with UCLA or Kansas, I think you're fine. Because I mean, I would be more than happy to play like a, a Purdue. In the tournament. But if we're or, in the South region, the opening games are in Louisville. Yeah. So or, it's going to be basically. Houston, a con- like, yeah. So, I mean, we can talk about Purdue. Like, traditionally, even the Big Ten as a whole has just been horrible in March. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they haven't won a tournament since 2000, and that was Michigan State. So, I mean. And yeah, can, and I mean, I think the last time that they were even there was. But twenty, it was Michigan twenty thirteen against Louisville. And that I mean, you later, can, sorry, later got vacated by Louisville. But yeah. uh, I mean, it, it's very rare. Like I could see Purdue being one of those. I don't think first round ups, like a round of sixty four no, upset, like the, but the eight nine game. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they only beat they only beat Illinois by exactly. five. They only beat Illinois by five today. Besides Zach Eady, they've got basically four guards that surround him that they're not athletic. Like, they're not super athletic. They're not crazy scorers. They just literally count on Eady getting double teamed and kicking it out and hitting threes. Mm-hmm. And if they're not making them, then you just double team Eady and keep forcing them to chuck up threes and miss it. And Oscar has more rebounds a game than Eady does. So. I could see Purdue being an upset alert from basically the second round on. Well, they've gotten picked off a few times already and proven that Edie, I mean, yes, he's a dominant force just because he's a big daggone dude, but, um, you know, he wears out. 
right? Mm-hmm. In Earth Out. And actually, Shibuya oh, matches yeah. up well with him because he's, mm-hmm. I think this is what Andy was going to say, is Shibuya's quickness is going to be mm-hmm. too much for him. He's not going to be able to spin. He, he runs can spin the turn, he can move. If they don't just get into push and shove battle, I mean, Jackson Trace from, um, uh, how do you say his name, um, from I, Indiana, uh, mom's mm-hmm. team. Um, you know, uh, proved that out, right? You just it's speed and quickness takes him out of the game. When your big man's got speed and quickness, he's out. That's what Oscar did to Hunter Dickinson against Michigan. Right. I mean, yeah. just they just ran the ball on him. I mean, Oscar gets up and down the court phenomenally. Yeah. I mean, you just transition run that dude. game is like a huge thing that Kentucky mm-hmm. does well, and Purdue is very vulnerable with. Also, just trying to score quickly because, like, I know at the end of the both Indiana games that I watched. They're trying to run their offense through Edie, but it takes them an extra two or three seconds to get down the court. And so then you're just dribbling, waiting, and you're waiting for him to get set. And then you've already lost five, six seconds by the time you're even going. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Purdue here, but, I mean, most likely what Kentucky will end up is, like, a six. That's, like, right now, if if it were to end today, it would be a six. I mean, and if that was the case, they wouldn't face them until the Elite Eight. They wouldn't face a one seed until the Elite Eight. But so, that's I mean, the model for any team that's got a big man like that. You know, mm-hmm. you know, when you play through a big man like that, that that's the model. I think that brings a whole different aspect from this year's team to last year's team. Is last year, Oscar was the only dude that showed up in the St. Peter's game. I mean, they had he was the only one scoring anything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Alan Grady was hurt, and nobody was making shots, and so. This year, when you've got Reeves dropping 40s, got Toppin doing everything, like we've said multiple times. And what'd you say our last section was here? Just kind of his best offense, best defensive guys? Yeah, who we kind of think has been the offensive MVP and the defensive MVP um, here, just kind of during this winning stretch that Kentucky's had, kind of ignoring the Vanderbilt game. Yeah, I think we've all already said it, and I'll just say it for all three of us. Offensive is obviously Antonio Reeves. I mean, right. we would not have beaten Ar- – I don't think we would have beaten Arkansas yesterday or even some of the other games without him hitting the shots that he's been hitting. So, I mean, that even showed against Vanderbilt. He was not on. He was not making shots, and that showed. So, And then I'll just say my best defensive, and I'll let you guys go. I think, like I said, it's all comes down to Case and Wallace. I mean, especially playing those – it all honestly, and I would say it depends on like what type of team you're playing. If it's a big man yeah. heavy game, then it's Oscar. But if Lance. it's a yeah, or <laughs> and then if it's a guard heavy team that runs all their offense through one guard, then it's Case and Wallace. So I'd honestly lean towards Jacob because I think he is like the best at guarding all five positions, just because of his size and athleticism. I think that he. He can guard your point guard and he can press like a full court press and stay with the guy or he can go into the post and he's going to out elevate somebody and block shots. And even his transition defense, I mean, how many blocks have we seen this season where he's going back and two hand pinning it on the backboard as they go up for a transition layup? And so I think he's kind of the, the biggest one where against Kansas and against Gonzaga, he really wasn't wasn't as active and and even Alabama he wasn't as active first time around and so those were the games that we saw them get a lot of dribble drive openings versus against Arkansas he was locked on and they they were not getting anything driving into the lane Mm -hmm. 
I can't pick one because I I think Andy hit the point on the head, which is it depends on the team you're playing. And um, if it's big man, little man, three the, the three guy, you know, raining down the threes, you know, if they're a big three-point team, you know, each one of the guys have to step up. Toppin's perfect mm-hmm. for playing the three, but, you know, because um, uh, uh, he just he's just too quick and he's got too much strength and, you know, that, that vertical and so forth. So it really comes down to that. What do I always preach? It still comes to, to team defense, right? So right. not individual. And it, it, if because if you can't cover the pick and roll, if you can't cover the weave, you can't cover these different things, and you and you can't communicate amongst the team, you're a bunch of individuals chasing around the ball, and uh, we know mm-hmm. how that works. It, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Kentucky played a zone yesterday against Arkansas for like the first time ever, right? Where'd that Cal go? Perry said yeah. they'd done yeah. ten possessions all season. And they ran it for almost 10 minutes yesterday because they were, he said, Arkansas shot 63% from the field in the first game. Mm-hmm. And he said, we came into this game saying, beat us from three. And I think, Make- and I think that shows like teams like, yeah. okay, oh, oh crap. Like this team isn't just playing strictly man the whole game. Well, like- the length that Kentucky brings in a zone. Yeah. I mean, having, you could have a lineup of six, five and up across the board in your zone. You're not getting anything inside. Well, and the length helps on the outside of that zone too, right? Mm-hmm. When you got you got a seven, eight foot wingspan, you know, you 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 you, you cut off a lot of avenues and you cut off threes because it's hard to shoot mm-hmm. over, you know, that much wingspan. So, you know, I, I was shocked by it when you, you know, obviously uh, Andy and I didn't get to see the game, but uh, um, we were a little busy with something for him, which I wanted to do a shout out at the end about. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I, 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 you know, it just thrilled me that they, uh, that yeah. they played zone. It just, it just showed, I think Andy's point is perfect that now teams will go, Oh, wait, we got to prepare for more than just man up defense. And, and, uh, I think that adds a, a dynamic, especially if you can shift in and out of it. Right. You know, yeah. and getting case and back will be huge for that with his active hands. Uh, both case and severe are very good at, just getting a quick hand to knock a ball loose or knock a, a dribble loose or a, a lazy pass and very easy to get runouts that way. And that's where Kentucky really excels with all of their big men being able to run the floor. And if you start trying to key on the inside transition, then that's when Antonio and CJ start setting up outside for wide open three pointers. So It'll definitely be a nice change of pace to be able to have that zone that you can kind of fall back into. And even their occasional full court press that they go to, where after just random made baskets, all of a sudden they'll they'll man up. They almost got a couple of five-second calls uh, yesterday of just Arkansas is taking the ball out lazily, and they get ready to throw it, and, oh, shoot, the guy's double teamed. And then you're waiting, waiting, waiting for somebody to come back to, to help out. So – Switching it up like that's going to be big. Yeah, absolutely. I've got nothing I mean, else. So. Well, I've got one. I, let me close on one thing, I, if you guys don't mind. Your, your dad um, appreciates the opportunity to come on this, being a, a guy that's bled blue his old life. Um, I came out of the service at 91. I had just lost my father, your grandfather. I got to go to a UK game. Hmm. Didn't expect to get emotional about this. Um, I stood up there 
when Pelfrey and Feldhouse and Farmer and all those guys from that 91-92 team who played with nothing but heart, these guys were, they weren't the best talent in the country. They weren't any, you know, far from it, but they did phenomenal. And uh, I was there for their senior night and because we're talking about the senior night theme here and, and after that. That senior night, they played my old Kentucky home. I stood and cried. <laughs> An amazing thing. UK basketball bleeds, goes way deep. And, and I'm proud of my kids <laughs> that they actually took to it. So I'm happy about that. Um, but, uh, you know, that was an experience that I'll never forget. And, you know, to know that you guys will get to go to some games. Ryan got to go to a game with his sister. Andy will get to go to a game with his sister at some point. And for your sister to be able to be at those games and so forth, um, it, it's a pretty cool thing. And so I'm very proud of our blue heritage. How about that? So, uh, yeah. So um, I'm sorry, getting a little emotional on that, but, uh, you know, that's how important it is. Yep. It means a lot in the state. So, and across, yeah. I mean, the fan base is really spread across the country. So, uh, wide reaching. And I think the team is, Getting healthy at the right point, getting that double bye for this week is going to be huge for CJ's recovery, for Kaysen's recovery, just getting everybody back healthy versus last year was really kind of the opposite. We were limping into the SEC and NCAA tournament right. with most of the guys hurt. So yeah, uh, much different game this year for sure. So I'm I'm yeah. excited for it. I think Caleb Perry has done his best coaching, right? I, I mm -hmm. screamed and yelled at the beginning of the season about coaching. Coach, 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 you need to coach. You need to coach. These guys know, know enough. They need to learn. They need to learn. And I think Caleb Perry leaned on his really – I love the, the assistant coaches of this team and the staff that he has. Phenomenal group. Um, you know, some of the guys that he's brought in, you know, his grad assistants and all those things. Um, Rajon yeah. Rondo next year, baby. Yeah, Rajon Rondo. <laughs> yeah, Rondo coming in. That's that's leaning on your staff and Cal Perry, I think, has done his best coaching and, and really brought this team around. And you're right, Ryan. He's 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 bringing this team to a peak at the right time. You know, we all love the season. We love watching the games. We love the SEC tournament. But boy, is it about March? You know, mm -hmm. it really is. So. Yeah, I mean, I I think we're we're looking in the right direction, and I'm really excited to see how we kind of translate and can help our stock here in the uh, SEC tournament and it would be amazing to knock off Alabama. Yeah. Um, but not having to see them until the championship, I think even getting to yeah. the championship will help Kentucky's seeding tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. But not too much. We don't want too much. Yep. Well, can I do a, a shoot a shout out again? I'm doing a yeah, lot go of talking, but, um, you know, I'm very proud of my kids, um, you know, Ryan and being in flight school right now for the Coast Guard and my daughter being in the nursing program at UK. Um, pretty phenomenal stuff. Um, the other guy in this on this uh, on this podcast um, <laughs> um, just played in his second high school state championship hockey game. One one as a freshman got back again as, as a junior. I think it's a pretty phenomenal thing. So that's my shout out um, to Andy. Uh, going for back playing. again. Yeah, going back again. And he's, you know, they're going to uh, work hard and then go back. And he's got one more year. He's got a senior year to play. And, uh, you know, pretty Leading phenomenal. points for 
Yeah, yeah, fifty point scorer over the season. Just uh, just did a phenomenal job. You know, uh, well worth the shout out. Now we switch to another sport and uh, get to his other passion, which is baseball. And uh, you know, excited for that as well. But uh, come on, UK, there's a kid here that's really good baseball player. You know, right, right on the screen. Come get him. We want you. We want him there, so I can move back to Lexington. <laughs> yeah. Um, but proud of you, bud. That's uh, that's a lot of us dream of getting to a, a high school state championship. You've been there twice, so great job. Yeah, great job, Andy. So we'll uh, in closing here, just kind of give a little glimpse of the schedule going forward. Uh, so we'll have our AFC North uh, offseason breakdown this next week with Andy and I uh, breaking down the just like we've been doing the last two weeks. Uh, and then continuing into the AFC South and then uh, rolling on from there from our schedule that we've posted and uh, all kind of leading up to a mock draft before the NFL draft in the end of April. Uh, I'm sure we'll break down some of the NFL combine stats and everything this week as well that's been going on in Indianapolis and uh, continue to check out our anchor, um, Patreon, iTunes podcast, basically anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, you can get these um, support us if you can just helps us grow the podcast grow the channel here so uh, anything any that you guys can help us definitely we appreciate so thanks all for listening in and uh, go big blue this week that's right go big blue yep. thanks for letting me join boys yep. mm-hmm. later guys later yep.